0: What's up, everybody? Guys, it's Jordan from the Exalto Listic Hub, and today I have for you Episode 5 of the Exalto Experience with the one and only Morgan Rose Moroni. So, Morgan Rose Moroni is an incredible, one of the world's most recognized hand balancers, especially on the social media platform Instagram. She has over 500,000 followers, so that's half a million followers, and an incredible influence, incredibly inspiring young female who has an extreme level of skill and discipline but is also a very grounded and fun-loving, just a great person to be around. So we had a good chat about the level of discipline and sacrifice that it takes to be successful. We talked big time about social media and how it can be a positive or a negative influence on your life. And we also talked about the challenges and the adversities that she went through as a young teenager and as a young girl and it quite blew me, it blew my mind, it really did, I didn't, I hadn't heard this story from Morgan and it was it was great to have this conversation with her and get the inside goss on to how she's created who she is today and what she wants to do with that message so if you have any feedback for Morgan, reach out to her on Instagram, Morgan Rose Maroney, or share with us, share, share the episode, tag us at Exalto Hub and we would love to hear your feedback. And as always, a challenge for you, if you're listening to this podcast and you really feel inspired to send it to someone who might need to hear this message, please do. Click the share link button, send it through to the person that needs it, and you might just make a massive shift in their perspective and uh, help them along their journey. So enjoy episode five, Morgan Rose Moroni. It's an absolute golden nugget. Enjoy. (music) Alrighty, we're on.
1: Adios. Adios.
0: Miss Maroney. Dubai? Uh, what even Hi, is guys. that? I'm here. What is that? Is that I'm Mexican? Sure
1: it's Spanish.
0: Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> is Mexican <laughs> a language?
1: No. I speak Mexican. I keep, I'm I'm fluent Mexican.
0: <laughs> you just get something.
1: <laughs>
0: Adios. Anyway, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. How are you?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm exceptional. We're having good vibes. I'm I laughing a lot. We yeah. always laugh a lot.
1: I know it's going to be. I'm sorry if this podcast is broken up into lots of giggles.
0: I don't apologize. Um, yeah,
1: I'm not sorry at all. Yeah, don't <laughs> yeah. be,
0: don't be. There's better things to apologize for. That's <laughs>
1: true. That's
0: true. How are you doing? How's the day good. been?
1: It's been really good. We just did our workshop, and it was such a vibe. It was such a good space to be in, and there were so many great people that were there learning. They were enthusiastic about it too, which is something that I love. I love when people come into a workshop and they're actually there to learn.
0: They're mm.
1: not there to take photos. They're not there to do this and that. They're there to learn. So it was really good. What are we learning? We're learning handstand. handstands. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to get as much time on our hands as possible.
0: Is that least. what you tell people that you do? Like when someone asks like, oh, what do you do?
1: Yeah, like when I come into the country and they're like, what's your occupation? I said, "Handstander."
0: Not even just handstand. No, just
1: handstand. Uh,
0: <laughs> I stand hands on my hands. <laughs> They're like, really? Like, yeah, no. Do you want me to show you? I can do it. Literally. Yeah. What is uh, How have you? How have you got to that description? Obviously, like you know that you started as a young girl. This is this yes. is actually this is a. We really like asking this question in our coaching. And it's come from Keegan. Yeah. He says people usually look at Keegan and go. You know, like, why do you handstand? Because he's he's, he trained mainly footy boys. Yeah. Why do you handstand? And yeah. he says, when did you stop? So, I like that. So, every human being, when you're a kid,
1: Does that stuff? Does that stuff. I know. You know, that's one of my main points I bring up with private sessions. Mm. I was like, I'm sure you could have done this when you were younger. You stopped and now you've lost that. But you'll probably have muscle memory of some sort to get back into that training. You just need to actually put your mind into it.
0: Mm. Mm. And it's like, when do we stop being kids?
1: When do we stop playing around like that?
0: Like, just because we have an adult?
1: It's literally just time. Yeah. And like this whole idea in our head that you grow up and you stop doing those things.
0: Mm. So, Not about obviously you. <laughs> you haven't stopped. No, <laughs> I
1: never <laughs> Tell stopped. Tell
0: me about that. that. Your journey just kept going further and further. Yeah. Than that. Tell so me a I bit started, about your journey.
1: I started with gymnastics. Actually, I actually started with ballet first. And then I went into gymnastics, competed gymnastics for about 10 years. Then I went into acrobatic gymnastics, which is like um, Cirque du Soleil, um, mixed pair stuff. So, doing handstands in people's hands and all that sort of stuff. Ah, uh, so yeah. I did more dynamics routine, like flips and stuff. Um, but once I finished that I actually went into football. I played AFL. I, played I AFL have football.
0: seen this. Yeah. I haven't talked about this yeah. with you but it's kinda cool. Yeah.
1: So I did AFL because my, my dad played professional football, so I grew up always kicking the ball with my brother and my dad and I was a pretty decent athlete so I I made like um, the state team three, four years in a row and competed at nationals a couple of times for that. And then I actually went back into just doing handstands and mucking around. Um, and then I had so many people wanting to learn how to do it and I knew how to do it and I knew how to coach it because when I was competing gymnastics and acrobatic gymnastics, I was also coaching an elite gymnastics team as well. So I had a group of six-year-olds that were doing their routines and stuff and I was their coach. So I'd coach for two hours a day, I'd train for eight hours a day and then go to school for the other six hours for the day. So. It was sort of insane but i knew how to coach i had the accreditations behind me i knew everything the ins and outs for it so i just decided to start doing some classes like ten dollars head. come in we'll do some classes and then i did private sessions and i did photo shoots and i did all of this stuff to sort of build up this idea that i definitely did not have in my head i had no plan to do any of this i was just going with the flow i was like this is something I love doing. I was working two mm-hmm. part time jobs at, uh, at that time. So I wasn't doing it for the money. And I was just winging it and going, this is cool. Like, I get to teach these people what I do, like what I'm good at. And it actually started like the first client I ever had. I was training at the gym and I'm not a regular gym trainer. So I was in the stretching area doing handstands. And everyone looks at you like, what is she doing here? Like, this is not the space for that. Um, and I had someone come up to me and ask me to do. Um, like work with his business and then do some workshops and do this and that. And I ended up going into that and yeah, did that for the next year or so. My first year, I think I made like $20,000 all up for the whole year, which is ridiculous. Like I don't even think people can live off that, especially Mm. when you're paying rent and stuff. So I had nothing. And that was when I had dedicated all my time to it. So I had quit. um, I quit my other two jobs. I had Paused uni for that time and then I made that much money. And it was like I was charging people like $20 for an hour session and it was just nothing. Like I was just doing it for the sake of doing it. And then the more I. You also felt, had no
0: idea of how to run exactly, a business. Right? That's the thing that's, exactly. I think that's the thing is like.
1: No concept at yeah. all whatsoever.
0: You have to learn those lessons.
1: 100%. I didn't know what I was worth. I didn't know what people would pay. I didn't know anything. I didn't know I had to pay tax. Like. Just so many different things that I was like, oh my gosh, I had to get an ABN, never done that before. Like, it was just it's daunting, such, isn't it? It was massive. Yeah. Massive. And then at the end of the year, I had this tax bill that I was like, wait, no, you <laughs> give me money back. Why am I paying money to you? <laughs>
0: I've always got like a couple exactly. hundred bucks back. And Why are you charging?
1: <laughs> the tax is like 18,000, so mm. I was two grand over. It's like nothing. <laughs> but still, I, was I feel like, I'm right. not paying you $500. Yeah, I feel you. You're right. me money. Come on, government. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, but
0: it's a free country. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the thoughts that you. Yeah. I Literally, gotta. I wait, like I, if I earn money and I have to pay you exactly. stuff?
1: I'm working for you, but yet I pay you?
0: Yeah. Mm, no. No, that's a big um, lesson.
1: Yeah, for sure. So then the second year, I started getting more and more. I started sort of putting my prices up just. Again, still so much smaller. I checked out, like, not competition in the area, but people that are doing the same sort of thing. I went and um, attended a lot of workshops and stuff. I went back to my old coach from gymnastics and acrobatics and did, like, a whole week of training and understanding how he taught me, putting that into how I teach others.
0: Is that a good refresher? Like, going back to basics?
1: percent The only yeah. problem is, because he's Russian, he is straight to the point. He doesn't do drills. He doesn't uh, do no or that. Up. He's just, like... Do it, I'll spot you and I'll tell you what's wrong.
0: Yeah, That's it. And And that's how I learned, which
1: was hard. So when I went to teach people, I had to go back to my accreditation where I had to do tests and um, in-person physical activities with clients for them to say, no, you're doing this wrong, you need a spot like this. You need to tell them this because you can see it here. So Mm. it was like critiquing everything from a business and coaching kind of mind rather than thinking about my own experience in that. Yeah. So I think it definitely, like my coaching and how I coach, definitely came from my coaching of my young gymnasts rather than the coaching that I got from my coach. Um, He made me great. He he did well, but he did well for the people that were doing it at an elite level. And when you've got people that are coming in from, like you said, they stop playing at six, eight years old and then they don't play again until they're 25 and they're coming in learning the handstand, Mm. it's hard for them to wrap their head around those kind of skills without drills and breakdowns of each thing. So I had to learn that, obviously got into that. I did workshops, I did everything. I was working, I had 10 clients a day every day. Like it was just insane. So I was doing 10 hours a day every day and I was just traveling down the Gold Coast. I used to work down the Gold Coast two, three days a week and then I'd come back to Brisbane and do the classes and workshops and stuff here. And then I sort of got to a point where I could really hone in on either my workshops or my private sessions and I charged a bit more because it was more time I put an hour and a half sessions out yeah mm. exactly so that that sort of need and want for my work became more specialized I had so much more time under my belt for what I'd been doing that then I knew what I was doing and I could price myself at the price that I should have been starting and at you the start. so you also to build up to those things you
0: also start to realize this is the, I always run this through my head because I struggled with this a long, a long time when I was yep. starting out with yep. charging people a higher rate for mm-hmm. results. Because mm-hmm. you want to think, okay, I want to make it easy for people to access. But people do not value cheap stuff. 100%. People, they, they straight up don't value 100%. free stuff. If it's free, they're not going to get results. They, they won't. If it's cheap, they're probably not going to put anything on the line for it. If they actually, they're taking that step to invest shows that they're commitment yep. like oh i've got some money i've actually invested and exactly. time is you know money is energy they've invested energy money into making is time as well
1: because they're making this money off the time that they're putting into their jobs mm. and they are literally budgeting that into their weekly or fortnightly amount they have to come and attend those things yeah. they have to come and put that time and effort otherwise they are literally just throwing money down the drain
0: do you feel there's a, like because because you're exceptional at what you do i and I'm also very proud of, from the first workshops workshop. I've done with yep. you,
1: to this one.
0: In saying that, that got me leaps and bounds on my hands. No, hundred
1: percent. But, but even, then. even
0: just before, I was I was on a hype. I was because I was on more of a hype for you because I'm like, you know, when you get someone into a workshop, I knew yeah. it was gonna be good, right? I'm like, yeah. it's more, marine. it's yeah, gonna be yeah. fucking good. Yeah. I got you here, and I'm like, it's even better than I thought. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> I'm like looking around the room, I'm like. Yeah, I looked at me and i like, this is the shit. Yeah. This is our girl. Yeah. Like, it, was,
1: it, was, it was my best workshop to date. For sure.
0: Yeah. And I think... For sure. And you know
1: what? That's like 99% of those guys were beginners. Like mm. they were just, we were just doing we had, stuff again. We had again.
0: older women who were literally thinking, I'm not going to be able to do this. I and know. they left saying, I can do this. Yeah. I'm going to practice. 100%. And
1: yeah. I think that's the number one thing that I get when people come to a workshop. They had so much self-doubt. They go, I can't do this. Like, I, I don't know if I'm beginner enough for this. Like, I'm really beginner. And I'm like, don't worry about it. Don't stress. You'll be fine. Yeah. And then they come to understand that it really is okay. Like, it's, I'm, I'm not going to be leaving anyone in the dark kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So, why do you think it's, it was the most successful workshop? Like, what, what was different about that one?
1: The, probably, like, the engagement between one another for them. For me, I feed off stuff as well. I've got my own energy, very similar to you, like you feed the energy in the room. I'm the same, I feed the energy in the room, but if I'm constantly getting people that are just there to listen and do, and they're like robots, it's hard for me to really interact with them because I wanna open up and I wanna get talking to them on a personal level and tell them things that might specifically only work for them, but it's hard when they're not giving anything you gotta back. gotta engage. 100%. So everyone that attended this workshop they were talking one at, like between each other, mm. they were talking to mm. me. When I was li- talking, they would sit and listen. So they knew when they had to be quiet and listen like school kids at school, but they also knew they could play and have fun and chat to their mates and help each other out as well. Mm. I think the, the workshops that don't work as well, and it's hard because if it doesn't work as well, usually you do get worse off of an experience than the ones that do. So people that come today, if they went to another workshop where a majority of the people were quite quiet and kept to themselves, which again, no problem with that at all. But if they don't feel like they can express themselves and like put themselves into their training and also not be judged, there can't Mm. be any judgment. Here, there's no judgment. Every time we finished, we're clapping each other. That's Mm. how it works. That's how it needs to be because these people need some sort of backing up from people knowing that... People aren't just standing there watching them not get up on the wall.
0: They're They're going,
1: you can do it. Like we are all here believing in you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then that's like a boost of confidence. You get up, you do it, you're done, and it's just like the best feeling. And you don't get that if you don't have that kind of support. So Mm -hmm. it's the support, it's the engagement between each other. It's the engagement between me and them. It's just everything. As long as everyone's on a point where it can all just sort of mesh together. It's not like, this is the coach. This is the student. This is the better student. Yeah, we're all humans. This is the advanced. <coughs> exactly. It needs to be a mesh.
0: You're just a human who's got 10,000 plus hours. Exactly. And they've got less than an hour. Exactly. And they're less than up an hour. to it. But yeah. That's the
1: thing. I could stop tomorrow and not do it for a year and you guys could get straight up to my level mm. after doing so much practice. It's not about different kinds of people. We're the same people. Like, they're the same people all on the same journey. It's just the time that we've put into it, which is why I was so adamant about telling them, put the time in. Put the time in on the hands. Count your hours. Count your minutes. Count your seconds.
0: I want to lead into that because that's a great point for... I think lots of, everyone who's listening, whether you're a kid, an adult or whatever, when you listen to people who are successful, there's one common thing. Mm. And it's consistency and frequency of practice. 100%. It's like, people will call it all kinds of things, repetition, daily freedom, do this, you know, if it's worth doing, do it daily, whatever. However you say it, mm-hmm. you have to do a lot of it. Yeah. 10,000 hours, they That's say, awesome. to mastery. Yeah. What's your message in regards to people who are just like, oh, I can't do stuff, like, or, or it's hard, like... Or they're doing it once a week and they're trying to get good.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm harsh. Like I'm a harsh person. If you're not putting in the hours then I just don't. I don't think that you coming in and doing a workshop is going to benefit at all. And I would say use your time on something that you would enjoy. You need to find something you enjoy. If you're trying to force yourself to enjoy something, enjoy mm. them, enjoying the process and then you're just not, it's not for you. Go find something else. Go run. Go surf. Go do anything and put the hours into that. Because I think the problem is a lot of people... You need to find the one thing, pretty much. A lot of people will try and do so many different things and get into habit of so many different things, but then they never excel at anything. Because, like you said, they're putting in one or two hours a week of all different kinds of sports or stuff like this. But then you have... Let's take it back for kids. One kid, he's doing five different sports for the week. Super busy, barely gets time to socialise with his friends. His parents are great. He's a great athlete, but then... What is his great one thing? He doesn't have it. Mm. He puts all that time that he's using into those five sports into one. He becomes great. So it's like you choose that one thing. I think
0: it's a fine line with the yeah. But
1: yeah, but you become good at one thing. If it's physical, you become an athlete, and other things will like other things will fall off that one great thing. So it's not saying that you can do one thing and you're going to be bad at everything else. Every kind of sport leads into another sport. But it's just a matter of focusing on that one thing, focusing on the components of that one thing, and then you will have byproducts of that in different sports, in different movements, in different everything. And it's, that's the whole idea of like the training that you do. You do, say, for power, blah, blah, blah. You're doing box jumps or you're doing like all these different things that have nothing to do on, like, if you're looking from the outside, to do with rugby, but then it increases speed and agility and those sort of things behind because it's the muscle movement and whatnot so it's sort of Transfer. like you focus, yeah exactly you focus on one thing it transfers out and it branches onto so many different other things mm. but if you're focusing on so many things you're trying to be great at everything you won't have any branch because you're just trying to push something that may not be the perfect thing for you
0: yeah it's like if you're struggling with consistency or results go back to basics and just be consistent in back. one thing mm-hmm. like the, i like mitch pike one of my mentors he says. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Yeah. So, like, if you're seventy, if you're fifty percent in everything you're doing, you're playing the game at fifty exactly. percent. I don't care how many things you're doing at fifty percent. Exactly. 50%. If you're
1: splitting up your time between five sports. You're not putting one hundred percent into one.
0: Yeah, it's pretty important, hey. Yeah,
1: for sure.
0: What are some of the things? I guess I want to go into also like the mindset of mm-hmm. that you have because you're an awesome chick. You're very down to earth, but you have it incredible attributes mm. anyone who is successful has an insane amount of skill time spent practicing all that stuff that makes you who you are yep. so yes yes you're a fun chick you, you know you're like having a having a laugh yeah but you've also got that side that is super successful and yep. i think that's come from your gymnastics background yes, right definitely so what are the attributes that you learnt from gymnastics that are helping you in life and business and
1: Wow, so gymnastics is probably, I would say, one of the main sports that sets you up for life. Because there are so many different, it's it's a very strict sport. So you're four years old, you're coming in to do this, playing around on the bars, and then you learn how to listen. You learn how to be taught what to do. You learn how to organize your time. You need to make sure that you do certain amount of exercises in this much time so that you can have a rest before you go into your next skill. Like, there's so many things that you have to learn. You need to obviously learn dedication, like consistency, all that sort of stuff. It's all so rigid. And a lot of the times you have a coach, like, I'm very obedient. I'm a very obedient person. If someone that I think is of a higher sort of... It's on your respect. 100% respect. Anyone I respect, I'm not going to disobey them that sounds weird because it's just like the wrong word but I'm not going to go against well, what you're gonna they're listen. saying you're I'm gonna listen gonna listen to listen. You're going to respect what they're saying exactly yeah. and I'm going to do it because mm. I know that I respect them enough to know what they're talking about they know what yeah. they're talking about they're, they're helping me out um never not once like I my whole childhood I didn't drink I didn't do any drugs I didn't do anything I literally was like the golden child and the only reason that that's been that case is because of the people I surround myself with, which were my gymnastics friends. I was at gymnastics training every day. That's what I wanted to do. I knew everything about my health. My coach used to weigh me and log our, like, our food for the day. So not saying that he was restricting us, but he at least made us accountable for what we were eating at the age of like eight to 10. So it was, it was a very early thing. And I know a lot of people will look at that and go, that's wrong, they shouldn't be doing that but I learn from that. Like everyone look, learns from that. Look at
0: the amount of skill you've got.
1: Exactly. People exactly. people don't, the results show.
0: They don't want this. They get stuck. They get this they're so quick to judge people mm-hmm. who are harsh yeah. or, or really guide people yes. to success because you have to have a hard line. You, you have, have to you there have has, to, to, be there has some to be no sort of bullshit structure. Like
1: it's not a Oh yeah, you can get away with this. Yeah. No, it's in the lines. You go straight forward. That's it. No curling out to the side. Like you go straight forward. Mm. You go straight for your goals. That's it. Anything that's coming in and distracting you, you don't need that shit. Like
0: yeah, that, that no Blings bullshit on the eyes,
1: Straight forward. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. If you if you've got a coach that gives you the hard word they're usually coming from a place of love. They no, usually they're, they're, 100%. they're doing it for you. Yep. Unless they're actually like abusive. No, yeah. But they You'll a, know. As the yeah. athlete,
1: you'll know. Yeah. And you can tell by just even the way that it's it's funny because I've spoken to a couple of my friends that I have an Olympic swimmer girlfriend and I have another girl that does cheer over in America and their coaches are insanely strict, similar to what mine were like, but you know it's coming from a place of a, like a positive thing. It's a positive thing. They're saying... They don't tell you, wow, you're great, you're great, you're great, you're great. They go, do this and you'll be perfect. Do this and that skill will be perfect. It's never a... It's it's no like...
0: Fluffing it up. 100%. They're holding the standard. They're Exactly. Setting, they're, they're
1: telling you what you're doing wrong and in that sense, you already know that you're doing all these things right but you know that's what you've got to focus on now is the thing you're doing wrong. Mm. And that whole idea of... um sounds bad but the whole idea of not being good enough for like to perfect that skill that's what you need in life if you think you're the shit you're not going anywhere Mm. you there's no progress you need to always be striving for something that's better doesn't have to be perfect it just has to be better than what you did like yesterday like so you come into training you need to do a better training session than yesterday if it wasn't then that's fine you're starting again next day bring it on better 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 You're going to become like the best kind of person as well as your skills are going to increase because you're being strict with your training. You're being strict with how you're actually going and your progress. So it's sort of like a lot of people look down on those sort of things and that coaching and that sense of, I guess, the way that you think of things when you're training. But it's the only way to do it and it's the only way that Olympic level or very high, like highly successful people think. That's how they think. That's the difference between an average person and your successful. And
0: accountability. You've got to have someone to pull you up. We've all got our shit.
1: Exactly. A hundred percent. And whether that be your grandma or your partner or your coach or even just another student, one of your friends, like it's always someone. There's always someone that's going to call out the bullshit and say, this is what you're doing wrong or this is what you need to do. Go do it. Mm. Don't try and, yeah, swerve around. Just go for it
0: good advice. Mm. What about failure? I want to talk to you about failure Ooh. quickly. So, I'm guessing you have you live you live a you're very transparent on Instagram. Yes, I will say you're very, very transparent. So. But from someone who's on the outside, it might look like you have the perfect life.
1: 100%, I get it all the time. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, I yeah. want to talk to you about what you've failed at and mm-hmm. what's been challenging that's actually created who you are today.
1: Yes. Okay. I as much as I am like pinpoint straightforward, do this, do that. If something doesn't work out for me, I do let it sink in. I let it sink in because I need to know that feeling. You need to know the feeling of failure before you can celebrate your successes. That's the whole idea. If you just go on, oh, you get angry, you get annoyed and you're just like, I never want to feel like this again. Then you're missing the whole point.
0: <laughs> you got to <Yeah>. fail. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Everyone's going to fail. Like, Everything fails in life is always something. Maybe your marriage might not fail, but your athlete career might fail because you broke a knee. You know, like you tore an ACL, you're out for a year or whatever, and then you can't get back into training as well as what you might have once did. For me, it was I wasn't doing well in school at all. My failure was school. And my parents said, look, you have a standard to uphold with your schooling. We pay for your schooling. This is a great school, blah, blah, blah. Your future depends on your schooling, which for me, I didn't understand. I still probably don't understand just because there's so much opportunity out there now. Mm. But at that time, that's what they knew. They are from
0: a different generation. Exactly.
1: So they, in their mind, it was go to school, get good grades, go to uni, get your degree, go to work. But for me, I've made a life for myself based off what I've done 10 years ago. Mm. So it's crazy for me, but completely different, um, like veering off conversation there. But... I was doing really bad at school. My parents pulled me out of gymnastics. I didn't want to go out of gymnastics, like unwillingly got pulled out of gymnastics because I didn't upkeep my grades. So that is literally why my gymnastics acrobatic career like was cut off. So that for me was really, really hard. I spent like maybe, it was two weeks initially that I would just like cry because I just felt like I I had serious FOMO. Like I needed to get into that gym and I needed to train and I wasn't training at all and I was like what am I doing with my life like I have so much time it's not even funny and for someone that trains 8 year, uh, 8 hours a day f- 5 6 days a week for 8 years like you can imagine having all this time and going what in the world so I started obviously doing a lot of sports so I did athletics at school I did netball at school I did swimming I did cross country as well as athletics I did AFL I did All of these different sports, i was just like, I need to get, like, I need to put my time into something. I still had to dedicate so much time to schoolwork, but in that process, I was also doing the sports as well. I had to sink in, because these sports, I was good. I wasn't great. I was good. So, my gymnastics skill, it, it branched out to a certain degree, but...
0: Well, you're an athlete.
1: Exactly. An athlete overall, yes, great, but I was not good at these sports I was not that person and that's all I'd ever been my whole life is that person I was the best in my gymnastics group I was the best in my acrobatics group I was just the whole the whole time I was that one person that yes I was still striving for better and better because my coach but I was always surrounded by people that were at a lesser level than me Mm -hmm. and that's not being cocky or anything that's just literally saying (laughs) the skill wise level that Mm. we were competing at it was just like that so that hit me hard but it came like it was like a couple of months in that I was like you know what I I had to do this like I had to I understood I started understanding I was like my grades have gone so much better in 6 months I was from like a fail like a D to a B plus which if you're in school you know what that's like and then by the end of the grade 12 I finished with an OP 3 so I could go into anything but like well done yeah so I got a 17 I got predicted, so start of grade 10, you get a prediction, like our school did it anyway. You get a prediction, start of grade 10. Mine was a 24. I'm pretty sure it only goes up to 25 Mm. because I was failing. I wasn't going to get, I wasn't even going to graduate high school. And then my prediction grade 11 was 14. So you can tell that that's already gone. That's jumped up 10 places in an OP. And then my actual OP was a 3. So you can tell that I put in the time and effort into schooling. And I did it initially because I wanted to go back to gymnastics. And it just doesn't work like that in gymnastics. You, you take can't. a year off, you take two years off, you're done. That's mm-hmm. it. Because the max age that you will be at in your gymnastics career is like 16. So, That's your peak time.
0: So now, now with the thought that, I mean, everything happens for a reason. Yes, and it's always And sure. it's always a gift. As 100%. much as it might not feel like a gift, it might at feel like time. a really bitter gift, sour gift. Mm-hmm. Do you think the level of freedom with your travel and your working for yourself and, and actually hand balancing now is a passion or would you trade it to be that gymnastics athlete?
1: No way at all. Like, it's definitely, it's definitely what I was meant to do because I just, as much as I loved doing what I do, it was habit. It got to a point where I loved it so much that because it was just habit. It was all I knew. And when I started getting out and actually accepting that I wasn't going back, like I had to sit in that slump for however long it was and go, you know what, you're not going back, but I can use my talent and my skill and the hours I have done to actually make something else out of like, again, branching off into something else. It's still a component of it, but it's got nothing to do with it. Like hand balancing and gymnastics, completely different. You learn how to handstand in gymnastics for skills four bar routines, four beam routines. Mm. You don't learn how to handstand to go do a 45-second handstand on the ground or a, a one-arm handstand. Like, you never yeah. learn that stuff. Yeah, to a one percenter. And that's exactly what people think. They think, no, she's fine. She came from gymnastics. Like, she didn't put in that effort or time. But, like, I'm still getting my one arm. It's been three years, and I'm still only just getting my one arm. Yes, I have all the components for it, but it's still, I've like, still got to put in the hours. It doesn't just work like that. It mm. doesn't matter who you are. You put in the time, you get the skill. Um, but work-wise, like I, this is something I'm so passionate about. I love doing it. I love it. And can't tell. No, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. I just do it every day. Um,
0: when you're smiling at work, yeah. it's a pretty good. <laughs> exactly. uh, and And laughing, it's exactly. a pretty good indication you're in the right place.
1: A hundred percent. But gymnastics got to a point where I didn't love it. I lost the love for it. So if I was still doing it, it would just be from habit. This is something that I choose to do every day. I don't need to do it, but I choose to do it because I love it. And there is no way in the world I would ever have gone into hand balancing if I didn't quit gymnastics. Mm. Because I, all I thought about after I did football for however long was, what can I do that I know how to do and branch off on it within my own space? That's the only thing I thought about. I said, I don't want to go to the gymnastics center again. I spent my whole life in the gymnastics center. I said, I don't want to have to go to the park or to a gym or to anything. What can I do in my own space? And I was obsessed with Cirque du Soleil for so long. I went every year, every time it visited Australia, Brisbane, my parents would buy me tickets. And I was just so obsessed. And then I obviously saw hand balancing acts that they did on the canes. And I was just like, that's what I'm doing. That's my thing. That's me. I'm going to get that good. I'm going to be entry-level circus like level. And it just got to a point where I was doing it so often. And again, when someone picked up on it, they were like, I want to learn that. And now it's this massive thing on social media because it plays into it. People see you doing this cool thing with your body, this movement. And they know if you can do it, I can do it. Mm. And then they want to learn. They want to do the workshop. Exactly. You get inspired from... This person using their body in such an abnormal way. And then now it's just become this big sensation with yoga and calisthenics and um, CrossFit. Everything that's now using the skill of a handstand is just, it's blown up. So now it's just, yeah, I sort of just, I left it to, I left the life to go on its path because I'm just grateful that it ended up that way.
0: It's an antidote to bad health. Kinda, if you're doing handstands, I guarantee you don't have you know all it's the rubbish true, that's going on like seriously true, healthy pe- sure. unhealthy people aren't they doing don't handstands, into handstands.
1: They don't. and that's the thing. Like, if you have
0: the discipline to do handstands i'm guarantee you'll change your life yeah
1: exactly exactly you need to be 100% for it you can't half ass it at all and if Doctors you're someone should be that you
0: can- uh, prescribing handstands yeah
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> 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 Oh, you've got diabetes okay you should learn to handstand <laughs>
1: seriously though yeah, for sure. Cause it's it's everything again that comes out of it. It's the core strength. It's the upper body strength. It's it's so good for you.
0: And also the mindset. It's gonna take resilience, failure, it's practice, so a
1: yoga, and like meditation. Yeah. You can't be thinking of anything else when you're in handstand. Mm. And you're always refining. Whereas my it, right? always. Yeah. Never. No matter how good you are, you are always doing little movements to make sure it's there. Mm. You're working for it.
0: I want to talk about Morgan, Rone, Morgan Rose Moroni now. Okay. So you've evolved. I can see you've evolved as a human, especially from the first time I was coached by you up mm-hmm. at Lees. Mm-hmm. And uh, back then, you—you—I—I I could tell you're just someone who was young yeah. and who was awesome at handstands. You yeah. and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to teach some handstands. Yeah. Now I can see, you know, you've got—you're getting much better at coaching, which yeah. is awesome to see, and also. Yeah. Your delivery and your passion, your confidence, and and also your stern word from people just to get results. Yeah. Not only have you evolved as a person, I've, we've watched you over the last couple of years evolve your brand, like yeah. your name, yeah. and you know what I think. I don't know where you're at when you're at least maybe fifteen thousand, yeah. maybe maybe ten thousand. Yeah. I think it might have been like been ten thousand because i
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure I deleted social media, like all forms of social media, like maybe a month or two before that. Mm. So it was just sort of getting back into social media and going, mm. well, this isn't so bad.
0: So now what are you at? Uh
1: five hundred
0: and fifty
1: thousand? Wow. Yeah, so, so half a million. Let's
0: talk about the evolution of that and the platform of social media and like yep. the pros and cons of yep. that.
1: Yeah. Okay, this is a big one. So obviously the my my initial growth came from viral videos, from people seeing the handstands I was doing um, at the places I was doing, and going, re- getting them reshared. Or people, again, that inspiration comes from it. They repost it. They go, "Wow, this is amazing!" Like, blah blah blah. They reshare that, and then more people come to the page, and more people come to the page, and they want to see. I think people love the idea of seeing things that they can't do but they know they could do it if they put the time and effort into mm. it, which is where people come it's from like the tarot. workshops. like <laughs> Exactly. It's like, hey, you can do this if you want to actually put time and effort into it. But if you don't, like, you can just watch. That's fine. So that's, like, where the social media whole side just blew up with it. It just went insane. Like, it wasn't just handstands. It was flips. It was just anything out of the ordinary that people were posting. And in a world where we have, like, influencers and stuff like that that are they're building their brands which is great but it's just for themselves their looks their what they're wearing that day this and that that's a massive side of social media but it's also if you're following all your around too many people like that it's very it's a bit overbearing like it's something that you just sort of like oh so i think people came to my page as like a refreshment because yeah they were still getting bits and bobs of that because i work with certain companies that i want to promote But at the same time, they're getting skill work. They're getting to see the training that I do behind what I do. And that's also I think why YouTube's taken off as well because people get to see the ins and outs of your life. They get to see what someone at my level doing handstands does in that day to prepare and what they eat and this and that. So it's sort of like people just are involved.
0: It's almost like, uh, like, I guess back in the day, It would have been like reading someone's autobiography.
1: 100%. But
0: now it's just a live version.
1: Exactly. And you get to watch it. You feel like you're there. You get to watch and you're like, wow. Okay. You get to see the, literally like the enthusiasm. You get to see how they talk. You get to see their confidence. You get to see their weak sides. You get to see a lot of the people, like a lot of people will 100% about what they put on there. Some people are crying and in their really raw state. Like it's Mm. something that you just, you feel like they're your friend. And that's the thing. When you come to a workshop, you've got all these people that have followed you for so long. You, they know so much about you already. They don't need to get to know you. They don't need to learn how you work or how you talk. They already know. So when they're already involved like that, not only is it great for social media, but it's great for real life as well. You have better connection. You better have better workshops like today. Like It's just it's so much. It brings. There's so many good things about social media that bring things into the real life but then there's also really bad things. And I think honestly, it just comes from your mental state going into it. If you're someone that is a highly compare, like you compare a lot of your life or a lot of your circumstances and stuff, you sort of play the victim card a little bit. If you go onto social media, it's just going to be really, really negative experience for you because it's something where people, again, like you said before, people are highlighting their life. Like we've heard this so many times. Instagram is your highlight reel yes there's a lot more raw stuff going out there but people aren't going to post when you're actually really upset you're not going to go onto your phone onto your app and say i'm really upset you're going to just unless stick you're to leading. yourself or talking yeah
0: <laughs> unless you're leading that you know that that phase there's, exactly. there's, 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 there's some of that starting to come out which yes is really which is, good which is good yeah because yeah. it
1: shows people that that's the case um but mostly like i'm i'm guilty of it i don't I'm someone that if I'm upset or I'm sad or I've got something going on, I retreat from Instagram because that's something that is also my business as well. Mm. So it's like going into work every day and when you're upset or my friend passed not long ago, like actually it was a while ago. It's about two years ago now. Still, I wasn't on social media for about a month or two just because I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Like I just wanted to be in the moment with the people that I was around and really just, focus on getting my mental health back to the level it is that i can go on there and be happy for people in their circ- their circumstances and mm. this and that i'm not judging my sadness to their happiness and their life on these big boats and this that and the other when i'm sitting here at home crying every day so it's it's just like that mental state going into it opening the app if you're in a good state you're going to have a better experience if not you might have a worse but you can also be someone that is highly impressionable and jumps on there and it could change your mood. It could change your mood from great to bad, depending on, again, who you're following, or it could change your mood from really bad to good. You see someone, you get motivation, you're like, I'm gonna go outside and do a run today. I'm gonna go outside, I'm gonna go do some handstands today because I saw Morgan's video 10 minutes earlier. If you're one of those people, you are killing it at social media because that is the perfect thing for you.
0: So let's talk about that point right there yes. cuz like it's like the social media detox. Yes. It's like if you're on social media and you find yourself being in these negative mm-hmm. patterns or it's making you feel like you're being your life's not great. Yeah. What should you do? Like you, you, know, you who are you following?
1: Exactly. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Like, we always say this like your circle is you you the average of your five closest friends. Yeah. It's the mm. exact same on social media. You're the your average tribe of everyone you, that you follow. If you're following people that are promoting detox teas, you're never going to feel great because this stuff doesn't work. If you're following people that are putting in the time every day, they're holding themselves accountable, they're posting every single session that they do every day, that's going to inspire you. That's going to go, you know what, this person's doing it. They're doing great. I'm going to do that. I want to do that. That's what it becomes. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter even, like I said, if you're not an impressionable person, you still feel that way about watching those things. You can't not watch someone train every day and you can't watch them progress and do so well and be so happy about it and not go, nah, that looks boring to me. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, as if, that never happens. You want to be a part of it. You want to join in or even just do your own version of that with something else. So, yeah, it's definitely... It's definitely a, it's 50-50. It depends who you are. It depends how, how you go about it. Yeah, it depends who you follow. It depends who you interact with. It depends if you let negative comments get to you as well. If you're someone that gets, is a bit sensitive to those things, which I think anyone that uses social media gets to a point where they get thick skin.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyone.
1: It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you have 100,000 people or 1,000 people. There's always going to be one person out there hiding behind a screen saying something rude and you just got to know how to deal with that to be able to get the good because 99% of it's good, 1% of it's bad in regards to people that comment on your stuff or message you you just need to know how to deal with it
0: Who's some of your hype people that you follow? Who do you love following?
1: Uh, I love following you guys, clearly um, Dylan Cartwright he's one of my friends from oh, yeah. very similar to vibe to you just very yeah. loud and just so fun and just it makes you want to be around them um, I love hand balances. I follow very, like so many hand balances. It's actually funny because I detoxed the other day. I followed about 300 people and 99% of them, some of them were my friends, but I just can't.
0: can't I, follow them. I
1: can't. No, yeah, I can't. They don't
0: serve you in a positive way. Exactly. Like it's like exactly. We have to use the social media as a tool 100%. to inspire us. 100%.
1: And that's not saying that I don't want to spend time with them in person. I love them as a person. But what they project out to social media does nothing for me. Mm. And it's not the fact that they're putting out bad content. They're just posting their normal life. But it doesn't do anything for me. I want my feed to be filled
0: with, with hand and
1: Exactly. Yeah, it should be that juice that up. That, exactly. Every post that you scroll past, you want it to be something great.
0: It's or a Someone
1: that you look up to or someone that just inspires certain things in you. So when someone's just posting about their dog for that day, that's that doesn't do anything for me. So I had to get rid of that, mm. even though I might have yeah might have been friends with them for five six years.
0: Unless it's like dog smiling. Exactly. At at someone.
1: Exactly. <laughs> You've got those pages that yeah. post like dog videos every day, like coming home to their veteran yeah. dads and stuff like that. And if, like, it laugh, exactly. if it makes you laugh, if it makes
0: you laugh, but like if it's like the same coffee, well, the, the same is, meal. It's not
1: necessarily the specific people. It could be any page out mm. there. Like I follow a page that is specifically only about food like food intake and portions and stuff like that she never shows her face she's a nutritionist never shows her face but she just posts stuff out there that's informative and Mm. i find something out of it not all of that i i don't look at all of it and go yes 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 but i look at it and go i could incorporate that into my daily food intake for the day blah 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 it's stuff that i want to know it's stuff that i'm interested about so Even the people that yeah, even people like me that have a larger following, we still do that stuff. We still detox. Mm. Someone annoys like you you see someone's post too much or post too muching about too much about things that you just don't really care about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not again, not a negative thing at all. It's not like, oh, you don't post good enough content. Not at all. It's Mm. your content doesn't work for me. It may work for other people, but it doesn't do what I need it to do for me. And especially because I look at this as a business thing as well as a personal thing. There's a, a massive like I'd say about 50-50 for business and personal. Sometimes I upload a very personal post. The next post I'll upload is promoting the brands that I work with. I only work with the brands that I want to work with, but still it's me doing the business side of things. Mm. And I understand that people look at that and go, oh, I don't wanna be I don't want more gonna be promoting Gymshark again, but I wear Gymshark every day of my life. Like, quite literally, I will not go a day without wearing Gymshark. So, it's something that if you're someone that likes Gymshark clothing, follow. And you can see the things that I'm wearing and then that will allow you to, like, go do that. That's just clothing, though.
0: And if it pisses you off that much, click the little blue button and exactly. unfollow. Unfollow.
1: Yeah. 100%. Don't
0: get up in my grill for doing what exactly. I want to do. Exactly. And I think yeah.
1: the problem is that everyone gets butt hurt when you unfollow them.
0: Oh. Everyone. Yeah.
1: I've had so many people unfollow me and block me and I just do not. I, I wonder, I go, oh, I wonder why they unfollow me. or not actually unfollowing. No, I don't really care about unfollowing. But when someone blocks me, I'm like, I wonder why they blocked me. But m- majority of the time it's for their yes. reason. Exactly. They're either coming onto my page and having a look or they just don't want to see my stuff or they don't want me seeing their stuff, but that is their problem. That it's is probably a projection
0: problem. of their insecurity. Exactly, yeah, exactly. They've got to get over their own shit.
1: 100%, and they will. They mm. 100% will. Like People do, but in that time, if that's the best thing for them to do, I don't blame them for it. Yeah, like, you they just can do you. Do that. Exactly. You do you. <laughs> exactly, you do your boo. Yeah. Exactly, so yeah. Definitely awesome up and down
0: good advice and that's mm-hmm. coming from someone who's the, a product of your product like yes you're on agree. you've got the followers you've got the influence but you're also you're not fake no you're not yeah. fucking I don't, fake yeah like, I
1: don't go
0: about yeah no so, I can't do no. it well done I, I, I really appreciate you're, you're one person or one of many but obviously probably an influencer that I know yeah. in person yeah. that I'm actually proud of being influencer like I'm, I tell people I'm like Morgan is killing it Instagram because she's actually she's got the following, but she's got the influence, but she's actually a she's product. She's a yeah. product of her product. Yeah. She's not like selling sh- stupid shit or talking shit or just posting photos with a yeah. quote. Like, she's
1: put in the time and effort. You respect her for the athlete that she is. Yeah, and the, and the human, just, the yeah. transparency. Because yeah, 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 I, I, yeah. I love how transparent you are as well.
0: Especially you two. <laughs> We've got Tanya sitting here. There's a couple of funny stories. All right, we're going to wrap it up with your last little nugget of gold. So if you could have a chat to your younger self, here we go, Rocky Punches. If you could uh, just pull Morgan in, 15-year-old Morgan, say it's going to be all right, what would you tell them? What would you tell her? I'd just
1: say something along the lines of things aren't always going to go to plan, but it's the way you deal with the things like makes the most impact because i felt like for so long i had a plan of my life i was going to the olympics i was doing this i was doing that and then when my parents took that away from me i was like what my whole world flipped upside down but then hand balancing and coaching came out of it so really it's not i'm not gonna say yeah just go with the flow like your world just does what it wants to do you know like things don't just happen things are your the product the byproduct of what you put in so i would just say yeah things don't go to plan just accept it and there's going to be other things that branch off from it there's always going to be other opportunities there's always going to be something that you can work on and something that you can do so don't get caught up in again the failure of something else
0: mm. yeah yeah it's like it, it's not actually what happens to us that matters
1: exactly it's how we react
0: how we respond and, 100% and, you know our attitude what we do stuff. about that like stuff do. will happen it's life
1: exactly it's gonna
0: be something come out your of it.
1: life the... and you can predict everything you are a god
0: it, and it, but it's boring It's <laughs> boring. Yeah, I know you gotta have that <laughs>
1: next week I'm going to um...
0: <laughs> well my life looks like this
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah this is it on paper if you wanna have
0: a look yeah mm-hmm. and it wouldn't wouldn't be life otherwise so mm-hmm. yeah oh well Thank you very much. Thanks I'm, for having I'm, me. I'm very, very proud of you. And Thank you. Yeah, it's been really cool watching your journey. Obviously going from, you know, a couple of followers or whatever and yeah. to sort of like this, you know, young girl who's passionate and has yeah. this influence on. I, mean, I know that so many people are healthier because of your handstand practice and your transparency and the inspiration for them to get upside down and, and really go on that journey. And you've inspired me a lot. Oh, always
1: makes me so always nice. do. Makes me feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, don't stop.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's so. really
1: nice. It's really nice to know because a lot of the times people don't, people don't want to say that to you. If you've done something for them, a lot of people won't take a step back and go, you know what, you really helped me out with this, or you know what, I had such a great time, or this, that, and the other. Most majority will, but there's definitely some that don't. And when you're helping out, when you're doing stuff like even social media and stuff, I put the information out there, I put the instructional videos out there, I put all this stuff out there for people to learn. And the comments that I get back are about my body or my look, or and that just really pisses me off because it's like I'm putting this out there for you, just thank me for the instructional stuff and leave it at that take
0: action exactly just put it into practice use it
1: for yourself use it again for your health like do it I'm not putting it out there for Mm. shits and giggles like go do something with it
0: main tip if you're sick Start learning handstands. <laughs> exactly. If you're
1: overweight, yeah. go learn yeah. handstands.
0: Overweight, fat people, severely obese <laughs> exactly. people, and not doing handstands. So. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. so true.
0: Yeah. For sure. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. We're looking forward to the advanced workshop Me now.
1: Me too. I'm so excited. Get some food Jump in. on them. the bars as well.
0: Yeah. Very good. Yeah, Alrighty. Oh. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Have fun. Bye.